Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Manifestation Therapy, your trusted source for wisdom on the universal principles and the transformative magic integrating manifestation with the people that you support. I'm your host, Judy, and I'm thrilled to embark on this enlightening journey with you. In every episode, we'll unravel the timeless secrets of the universe, explore the art of conscious creation, and dive deep into Manifestation Therapy's incredible potential. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or just starting your quest for a more abundant and fulfilling life for yourself and your clients, this podcast will support your growth, inspiration, and empowerment. So let's ignite the power within, align our thoughts with the energy we desire, and be our best potential. Welcome to Manifestation Therapies Podcast. Welcome to Manifestation Therapy Podcast, where we explore the profound principles of the universe that shape our lives and the world around us through energy. We also connect the energy and the universal principles to support a practice with other individuals. I'm your host, Judy, and today I'm going to dive into the law of vibration. I know everybody thinks it sounds a little bit out there, but stick with me. This principle is part of the foundation of manifestation therapy and the process of manifestation itself. All right, so what is the law of vibration? Everything is in constant state of motion. This vibrational motion of energy happens at a particular frequency. That is the statement of the universal principle, the law of vibration. So science actually details how everything is made up of molecules and how these molecules are in a constant vibration at different frequencies water, air, um, the trees, our bodies, they're all made up of molecules that are in constant vibration. Our thoughts, our emotions, and our body response in our nervous system is made up of molecules, neurons, and energy. Not sure why it's still considered such a woo-woo concept when it's science. So our bodies also emit energy at a particular frequency, and we can take it in. Think of nature. So nature is made up of energy. And when we're out in the environment, sometimes we end up feeling, I don't know, relaxed or calm, peaceful, um, joy for some people when it's sunny and you're sitting on a beach with a margarita in your hand. If we're in loud, bustling cities, if we're, um, trying to get through traffic if we're everybody has an experience with someone or themselves who has had road rage if you're feeling these emotions you're in a sense of tension and rushed you're not surrounded in a park by trees there's a reason why cities have parks and nature it's because we actually feel calmer and peaceful when we're around it it's because we can breathe better we can relax we can take the time we need to re-energize. That's energy in motion, what's around us we're taking in and we're emitting it out. Um, So let's look at water. So molecules in water are in constant motion and this motion happens at different frequencies depending on the type of molecule or water vibrating. Temperature makes the vibrational frequency change, the composition of the water, what's around the water, if it's in a river, if it's the rain, if it's uh, mist, if it's um, ice, it all matters on how fast the molecules are vibrating, or sorry, how, how what the frequency of the motion is. 
Some people dismiss the law of vibration as a universal principle as woo-woo, but it's actually science. We don't need to see the vibration to believe it because we know, I think you learn in grade four or I don't know, it's like grade three or four about water and how it's in constant motion. You don't have to see it. Even air is in constant vibrational motion. It's how sound waves travel. So if an air molecule near the source of the sound moves, it transmits this movement through the air. This transmission of movement is what we end up perceiving as sound. So if a train five miles or however many kilometers away goes by and its whistle blows, it moves the air and that comes as a wave towards me. And then my eardrum is going to move at a particular frequency and the pitch is going to be determined by the rate of frequency at which the air molecules have vibrated to how I perceive or interpretate that sound. So different music also has different vibrational frequencies. And some of these frequencies affect our own energy and emotions in different ways. You cannot deny that different music results in a different body response and a different emotion in people. So there's actually studies done that classical music can support learning and peace and calm. Angry music. Uh, okay, so I shouldn't have called it angry music. But when I think of heavy metal, I think of anger. You know, if I'm breaking up with someone, I'm not going to be listening to Beethoven. Well, maybe I would, but I'm not going to be listening to sappy love songs if I'm feeling rage at my boss at work. Unless I want to change my mood, that would be. But uh, heavy metal music can make us a little hyped up. Uh, soothing music, peaceful nature sounds can bring calming effects or meditation. Dance music, we're going to be dancing, right? If you walk into a room and they're playing, um, I don't know, pop music from the 80s, you're going to feel a little groovy. Well, if you liked the 80s, that is. I did. New Kids on the Block, anyone? We don't need to actually see the sound waves to understand that they're being perceived in our brains at different frequencies and we're interpreting them. So how come we challenge the thought of emotions and the energy that we're releasing from our bodies when we have different ones and interpreting them from other people? So let's go back to the law of vibration and got off track there. Everything is in a state of motion. And the law of vibration is why it's so important. The law of vibration and the frequency of this movement of energy is so important because our bodies are also made up of energy. Our bodies are made up of molecules and atoms. And when we are made, we're also made up of water, proteins, lipids or fats, carbohydrates, nucleic acids like DNA, ions, vitamins and minerals, and so many other organic molecules. Our bodies are really complex and they're organized systems and the molecules are working together and supporting our growth, the functions that we need to move and go places, and basically life. No one would argue that these are molecules in our bodies and that that is how we are in doing things. That is how we feel, move, and function. These uh, molecules in our bodies, they are in a constant state of vibration. 
So I'm not sure why people shrug off so much the and call it woo-woo, that they're, they're, there are molecules in our brain, and these are in vibrational energy as our thoughts. Literally, when we have a thought, it occurs in the brain, and there is neuron activation through electrical and chemical signals transmitting between the neurons. The idea or thought that we have activates specific neurons. Neuron networks in the brain are responsible for processing different cognitions or activation of specific neuron related to specific thoughts. So if I have a memory, this is going to activate the memory related networks. Neurotransmitters bind to the receptors on the neuron that is receiving so that the signals like it's being transmitted from one neuron, it's sending the electrical signal to the other neuron just when we have a thought. And this is happening really fast. Different regions of the brain are responsible for different thoughts. So let's take the prefrontal cortex. I talk about that a lot with my clients. The prefrontal cortex is important. It's our logic. It's our thinking brain. It's in charge of working memory, of decision-making, of speech and language. It's our impulse control. And then we have the limbic system, the subcortical regions of the brain, the amygdala, which is our reptile brain. It's our, you know, survival stance. It's in charge of all our emotional processing. It's important to know, you don't have to tell your clients this or the individuals that you're working with and supporting through this, all this neuroplasticity and neurotransmitter stuff, but neurotransplasticity is the brain's ability to change and adapt. So brain's formation can literally change the structure of the brain so that neurons become weaker or stronger based on the frequency and significance of certain thoughts. Neuroplasticity is so important because it's all about habit forming. It's about imprinted messages. It's about those limiting beliefs that we create and maintain and make stronger or weaker through time. There is no age limit to neuroplasticity. It was previously thought in science that, you know, you couldn't change your brain after a certain age, that it was formed by the age of four, which is just ridiculous, and that you were stuck that way for life. That is not true. You can change your brain no matter your age. It just may be that those um, signals, those the structure and the neurons have become weaker or stronger. So it may take more time. It may take more effort to change those imprinted beliefs or um, the habits that have formed. Different neurotransmitters and emotions are also associated with the release of specific neurotransmitters. So just to recap, neurotransmitters are what's um, binding to the different neurons receptors. So the neuron sends a signal, it's the neurotransmitter, which then binds to another neuron. And different neurotransmitters or um, emotions are associated with the release of specific neurotransmitters. So if we have a thought about someone we love very deeply, if you have a child or maybe it's your parent, um, think of them and feel the emotion that is triggered. So if I have a thought of my daughter, I am so happy and grateful that she's healthy and happy and that she chose me as her mom. So my brain fires up the neurotransmitter serotonin and it activates the emotion of love and gratitude. I can feel it right now. Serotonin is such a powerful neurotransmitter. It's the one I'm choosing to talk about because it's so complex and so powerful in our bodies. 
serotonin, uh, serotonin regulates mood. It supports sleep. It helps in the control of appetite. It affects our memory and learning and supports uh, the transmission of other neurotransmitters and signals in our brain. Serotonin actually um, becomes released. Sorry, I'm saying um so much, but serotonin actually becomes released when we uh, release insulin in our bodies. I'm a diabetic, so this is really good knowledge for me to understand that if I'm not eating, my serotonin gets depleted, and that's why I'm hangry. Although I think everyone has experienced hangry. With serotonin disruptions in the brain, people can actually struggle with depression and anxiety on a regular basis. So some people actually need those uh, chemicals, the pills that the doctor prescribes that are serotonin uh, inducing. Um, Some people actually need that chemical because it's such a complex system. However, you can also naturally build up your serotonin, like I just did thinking about my daughter. The fact that our brain releases this neurotransmitter through positive thoughts and activates positive emotions is actually understood now, and it is the law of vibration. What you think energetically activates energetically emotion. In turn, this emotion vibrates at a frequency that then connects to the body and activates the nervous system in different ways so that our bodies respond energetically. So again, think about the person that you love the most, or at least love indefinitely. I can't say the most because I got two daughters, so I'm not going to say I love one more than the other. (laughs) What do you experience in your body when you think of someone you love? For me, I feel warm and I feel an expansion of energy in the area of my chest. I smile. I feel more relaxed. I feel sometimes I will even get tears of gratitude that, you know, she chose me. And I feel the connection to my child, even though she's not in the room, they're up in their room sleeping. And so let's say it puts me in a more relaxed state, a more affectionate state. And if she was to wake up screaming right now, I might be calmer. I might be able to handle it with my own response much better than I would if I was thinking about how much I had to do today and how busy my schedule is and how I don't have any time for anything. If she woke up screaming, then I might respond very differently. When we're having negative thoughts, we're connecting to negative emotions and our body is also more tense and it's responding that way. It's responding to the emotion. When we are responding to our emotions, we're also emitting that energy because remember the air is also in constant emotion. And when we have emotion, we are releasing our own air. So that's a way to scientifically look at it. But energetically, it can just be that space around us is filled with moving energy and we're emitting our own when we're tense, when we're relaxed, when we're clenching our fists, when someone else is going to perceive that. Stick with me. When you walk in a room and someone is angry, do you not sense it? When you walk in a room and someone's happy and energetic, do you not sense it then? Do you not have a response in your own body to someone else's emotion? By supporting individuals that we work with and building this connection of their own thoughts and emotions and behaviors um, and connecting those behaviors to their responses energetically around them, 
we begin to understand how manifestation therapy works, how these principles work in therapy. You don't need to talk to your clients about the energy and about the principles of the universe and make it all woo-woo. Although for some people, they really connect to that. All you have to do is talk about the science behind how the brain release and the neurotransmitters release energy. That energy is happening behind every thought and that energy is happening connected to the emotion and that the body is responding to that emotion. There is a connection. Some people are not ready to build this connection yet and that's okay, but it's starting small. So for people with trauma, for people living in toxic situations, it may not be safe for them to make these connections right now. So it's building mindfulness. It's building coping strategies. It's understanding that if they're living in a constant state of fear and um, their body is in a constant state of stress and their thoughts are related to how stuck they are, that they're only going to continue to uh, put out this frequency in their bodies and their environment. There are a lot of different techniques you can use. Um, I want you to visit manifestationtherapy.com, join my newsletter list, read my blog. I'm going to put out um, tips and strategies through the community if you join that. Uh, And you can also take the course on Universal Principles. Right now it's only $33. So manifestationtherapy.com. Um, And we're going to continue to address the different universal principles and how energy works with our thoughts, emotions, and body responses, as well as in our environment. You can't really understand the law of attraction without understanding the law of vibration, how everything is moving. So as we wrap up today's episode, I hope you've gained a deeper understanding of this incredible principle of vibration of how things are in constant motion and how this motion is at a different frequency for different events, different thoughts, different emotions. Understanding that everything is in motion and has a frequency, it helps us understand that what is happening inside our bodies and outside in our environment, and it helps us understand how we're going to manifest what we want. Don't forget to like and follow and be your best potential. Thanks for listening.